Welcome to the podcast. I should say right at the top that we are outside and you're going to hear all kinds of delicious sounds of nature and, um, and airplanes because we live right under our flight pattern. And it's too damn hot. That's right. We are having a heat wave uh, here in L.A. And when it's this hot on the west side, this is when I just feel just so bad for people in the valley because it's 15, 20 sometimes more degrees hotter there, so. Yeah, it was, it, if it's 94 here, it's 100 and what? It's just hell there. 110. It's just the fourth O-ring of hell. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's, the we don't. The fourth O-ring of hell. And we should say, like, a lot of people in California, they, we live in an older house. They, it doesn't have air conditioning, so we just. Uh, well, especially here on the, you know, beach communities. Yeah. It used to be before global warming. Yeah. Was that the climate change, the, the change that. Um, yeah, so that's why we're outside, so, you know, bear with us. You, you probably won't even notice it. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about Walking Dead, Season 8 premiere, Mercy. This, in fact, is the 100th episode of Walking Dead. And Season 6 and Season 7, seven took us all the way to this door and the theme of this season of all-out war. And it has been kind of excruciating uh, in, a, in a lot of places to get here, but I'm glad we're here. Um, and I'm glad we're, uh, we're doing things a little bit better this time. We have, we have better plans. Um, I feel like Rick didn't make this total plan. I feel like it was a group effort. So they, they pulled some things off. But on the way to that, we kind of start out with these, these moody cinematic shots of Rick in many forms. He's contemplating going to war, and we open on, well, we open on, like, what, the, the walking stick and the flowers, and we hear the clock. Yeah. And we hear Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, and, and then that other f- scene the, 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 with the glass, the stained glass, and, mm-hmm. and him with that, just his eyes all... Watery. Watery. So we know shit has gone down. Yeah. And then we also have, like, we have future Rick, that, that um, the flowers and the clock and the... The song we're playing. That's old man Rick. He's got a uh, crew cut in the future. A thinning crew cut and a big old beard. Michonne looks uh, almost exactly the same. Just her dreads are a little bit, you know, maybe a touch of gray. But as Danae said in the after show, Talking Dead, their big uh, thing at the Greek, she said, you know, black don't crack. So, hey, sorry, Rick. Sucks to be you. Sucks to be a white dude. Um, Yeah, I did notice that. I was like... She looked good. Like, later on, like, when they did... You know, like the third or fourth flashback, and I started noticing. I was like, "She looked good." Well, you know, she's a beautiful woman. Rick, you know, he's lived hard. He's he's monologued one too many times, made too many bad decisions, uh, and probably got into a scrape or two. If you're looking at his chest, there were some scars there um, on his chest, probably from what's about to go down this season. And the limp. And the limp, right? So, you know, he's whatever goes down, uh, whether it's with this Negan thing. Whether it's with the next set of baddies, uh, you know, Rick is, he's, uh, yeah. Okay, so we, we start with some monologues. We got to Rick's monologue, and, you know, it's us, and blah, and ours, and then Ezekiel, and then uh, the hot Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Maggie gets up and has her speech and gets the whole group. So now we have the Hilltop, the Kingdom, and Alexandria are all coming together to take on the Saviors. It's like a pre-game speech. It's a pre-game speech. Up in the huddle, in it's the locker room. soaring music and the yeah. like. And um, one of the things that I noticed that 
Everybody's talking about this, by the way. It's not just us. Okay, see, there you go. Dog fight. Dog fight's happening. Everybody's upset about this. Oh, now Haggis is getting in there. We're all upset about this. Maggie is supposed to be pregnant with Glenn's child, and she's flatter than the show's plot lines. Why is she just... Because, and if you can compare it to, like, the fact that Judith is, you know, three feet tall in the, in the now, and not even in the future, like, in the, in the here and now, Judith is, she's going to be driving soon. I and know. She is the slowest growing mm-hmm. girl. I mean, I guess. Person. Maybe, person. you know, you're not getting a lot of good nutrition in the apocalypse. Maybe it's stunning her, her growth. Yeah. But she should be driving by now. Carl's eating all the food. Carl's eating all the food. He's, he's eating all her pudding pops. So that was the thing that kind of jumped out. But anyway, we have these rousing speeches, and intercutting between this, you get Carl, or as I'm going to call him this season, uh, Deputy Tignatero. Um, he's going to the gas station um, on a hunt for supplies, one would imagine, and he hears a dude mumbling to, it's, I thought it was to himself, maybe a delirious person, and turns out this... We don't know where he's from or who he's attached to, but he looks pretty grimy, and he's talking to Grimey. He's talking to Rick Grimes. And Coral draws on him, and Rick's there and shoots over the guy's head and runs him off. And he, was just, he just wanted some food. Do you know what's interesting about that guy, too, is that he quoted the Quran. He did. He definitely was um, a Muslim fellow. He's brown. He was brown, and he was Muslim. And so we got this contingent. Now, I don't know, again, we always talk about Zista, a guy who's attached to the Whispers. Is he a foreshadowing of our next bad group, whatever they're going to be? Is he? Uh, there was nothing menacing about him, though. No, but it was a it was a very odd thing to put in a season premiere, and yeah. we don't just randomly show a guy for no reason, right? But Carl will later come back, circle back, and leave some foods, food, so a, can, a couple of cans of food for this guy with a note that says "sorry," and the guy's looking through the, the tree. So something's going to be going on with that guy. But Rick also turns after Carl kind of gives him this, Dad, that's not cool what you just did. You know, how are we going to start this brave new world if you're going to be shooting over people's heads? Yeah, that was a little bit like, the first thing that popped in my mind was like, oh, I guess you weren't listening to yourself in that uh, starting that's tomorrow. Rick. That's right. He's worst decision maker ever. Doesn't listen. Just doesn't listen. So when he says he's going to follow Maggie after this war, I'm like, why don't you start following her now, bro? Like, seriously. Oh, let somebody else lead. Retire, Rick. And I think that's the plan. I think that's coming. He is gonna, he's handing over this power to people around him and entrusting them uh, to carry the load, which is what we've needed for a long time. But if we're following along with the comic books. This is falling. A lot of these things are falling in line with the comic book. We know that the comic book does uh, go forward. I forget if it's 10 or 20 years, but we definitely span some time in the comic book so maybe this foreshadowing is it rick's vision or is it something that is actually going to happen and we won't know until the the season plays out that's 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 interesting you say that because if it is 10 or even 10 years they didn't age carl at all and well you can go by judith who looks to be what 10 11 so I'm saying I'm, I would call it at 10, right? So I, I think she looks like a, yeah, maybe, an 8-year-old. I mean, I don't know. 9-year-old. Something like that. So anyway, we've got this kind of going on, and, and we're, this time the plan is actually planned out. 
So you've got um, who's in the, who's in the recon uh, group? You've got um, Carol and uh, Tara, Daryl and Morgan. Yeah. And they're flushing the walkers toward the Savior's compound, right? And they're systematically pulling this off, and they're setting up booby traps to lure them. The right. Sound. The sound. They're blowing things up. Yeah. And we have this wonderful. Uh, Daryl ride with blowing up six bombs, you know, along the way on his motorcycle and being all badass. Because the last time we tried to herd walkers, uh, you know, away from Alexandria, they ended up in the quarry and it was just a whole big mess. So this time they get to do it a little bit more badass, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more cool. The visual effects in this episode, I mean... It's a really great show for that. Yeah, that has been the the one thing that has actually gotten better. And every season. Every, yeah, every season. Greg Nicotero, you know, stepping into the director's chair over the years, and because he, you know, runs the makeup department and knows that world, the effects are, they're stellar. I mean, they're they're movie level and beyond stellar when it comes to zombies. And so there's a lot of feature zombies in this that are pretty cool, including an homage to Romero because um, Nicotero worked with Romero. George Romero uh, was a student of him, at least, just loved the guy. And he passed away when they were shooting this season. And the homage was to do a replica of his own head as a zombie that was on the grate when things go south over at the Savior's compound. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful visuals in this particular premiere and then you know they had their shit together they're blowing up the bombs they're hurting people away the bombs going off are luring the savior's security uh contingent away from the compound and again i don't know all of the savior's numbers we get an idea that there there's a lot of them and they all have duties so the guys who are on shift roll out to check out the explosion that um carolyn Morgan and Tara have set up. So, and it's really cool. So that allows Rick and the gang to roll up right up to the gates of the Savior's compound. And <laughs> here was a cool little thing, the armored RV. Now the RV has even gotten, you know, grown some balls. And they blow the thing up. They got all Mad Max on it. Yeah, and it's like, shout out to Dale. <laughs> Dale. Your RV died a glorious death. I'm assuming it's the same RV. Dale's RV. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably somewhere in heaven going, what? But I get it. Um, We also see something kind of happening with our characters. Everybody's ready to go to war. Carol's present. She's here. She's not in her, like, retirement cottage. She's she's in full battle gear. Um, Morgan has no qualms using his stick to killerize people. Which he's, is yeah, awesome. he's like running that thing through. Here's like, some zen for you, dude. He's just skewering people. Yeah. yeah. So he's we at also peace with it. And we, yeah, he's made he's made his peace in putting people in pieces. And how this is possible in part is that um, Dwight is our inside man over at the Savior's compound. He's had enough of Neek and shit. Um, the final straw was you know his wife and the whole nine, and he he bonded somewhat or connected on some level with Daryl when Daryl was a prisoner of the Saviors. So, you know, you see Daryl communicating by shooting an arrow into the compound next to Dwight with a message going tomorrow. 
when we're going to pull this all off. And then we see Dwight shoot an arrow back, giving all of the key locations where the lookouts are, the guards are. Oh, that's where that came from. Yeah, he gave them all of these street addresses and locations where the Savior dudes are. Like, that's a smoking guy on the car, and there's the dude in the, the old guard tower... Um, there's a guy near a tree, and and basically it's Rick and it's a Daryl um, going through and, and just killing, picking these guys off. Yeah. So now you've removed that. Morgan too. He's part and Morgan of that too. Yes. Assassin group. So they're all like taking people out, and so now we have like we're not just like getting in the RV and like getting cut off and just having this hapless kind of like Keystone Cops adventure. That's been that was pretty satisfying, and those deaths were pretty cool as well. So it's like they're they've they're on the offensive, and I'm trying to think: have they ever been on the offensive? Um, it's always been uh, to what I remember. It's frustratingly, always been re- reaction. I mean, well, well, well terminus. Um, terminus, yeah. You know, they turned around, and they also turned on the termites when the termites came back to the church, right? Yeah. Um, that was that was see that was actually that was exciting to watch. When that terminus? I mean, I get it. Your heroes have to be down and out, and then you have to, I mean, that's what these things, you know, you have a first and second act, and then your big third act, so I get that. But I think we all would agree that season six was frustrating. Um, There were some awesome moments in it, and we got to know the kingdom, and we got to know some players, but it felt like, you know, and it was intended to be painful, I mean, I think... Scott Gimple and Kirkman were purposely frustrating us in a way, but it was it was a long season. So I think these first four episodes are supposed to be just part of this big war and just action-packed, you know. Cue the siren. Shit, shit is fixing to get real. What gets... I mean, I know once it's like Rick, Maggie, Ezekiel, Jerry... Father Gabriel, Aaron, Eric, and Sneakwa Martin Green's husband. That's just what I'm going to call him. Um, she on Star Trek. He's still on the show. And then a bunch of uh, the contingent from all three of the groups roll up to the Savior's door where they know that Negan and Gavin and Simon and Dwight and Eugene and Regina are. They know that all those people are there because Dwight is probably giving away that key position as well. He's sharing intel, right? Yeah. So when we get up there, we have the armored cars that um, our heroes are driving, and, and they barricade themselves in. They drive that up. You're like, this is awesome. And now Gregory comes out and gives his you know, lame-ass speech about you'll be kicked out of the hilltop if you do this, and you side against the saviors and you know, plays the puppet pretty well. And um, I think it's Simon who shoves him off the platform. And we're all hoping that... That's the end of Gregory, but I think his fate is coming for him. I think I still think he's going to die the way he did in the comics. I think somebody's going to hang his ass, probably Maggie. So now this battle goes off, and I know that the point is that Rick is just, his only goal is to kill Negan. They're going to give all these people, the saviors, a chance to bend the knee, if you will, turn a new leaf and, and join them. And Rick's, part of Rick's speech is, you know, this world is ours, and we're going to make it ours, and we're not going to run it the way they do, but they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not allowed to be this way anymore. The saviors are no longer allowed to operate this way anymore. And we're all coming together as a community to vote that out. So the goal is to kill Negan. 
And I know we got a whole season to go, but he has a clear bead on Negan. Yeah. And it was frustrating. I mean, even the actors were saying, you know, on Talking Dead, they were like, <laughs> why didn't he just shoot Negan in the head? You exactly. Because they, they roll up to the compound and they have these these uh, metal side panelings on one side of their car. Tin roof pieces, yeah. So they, they, they have this barricade that they've, they've, this mobile barricade, and he's talking to them between two slits, and while he's talking to them, I'm sure there's someone in there with, you know, just a single bolt-action rifle that's just going to just take out Negan. Well, we don't have Sasha now, because Sasha could have just stepped around there. Yeah, By the true. way, I think Rick's new show should be Between Two Slits. <laughs> Controversial. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And what's her name? Um, Maggie? No, um, Sasha's friend, um, Rosita. Rosita, she's she back de- at the house. Yeah, she doesn't admit, and she's, she's a sharpshooter, too. And yeah. She, she never, she didn't go. They left her at the house. Um, and that's also where Michonne and Carl are, because they're holding down the fort over there in Alexandria. So all the bases are covered. And again, all we can imagine is that they're going to get to all of these things. They're going to explain the madness. But then our, our fly in the ointment, if you will, is that Father Gabriel is finally in action. He's still wearing his collar, but he's got you know, himself a semi-automatic, fully automatic weapon. And Gregory is over there going, please help me. And then we, we know he, that Father Gabriel shouldn't go and help him. And I remember thinking, Seth Gilliam, you're on the wire. Trust no white dude. He goes over there, and of course, Gregory ends up taking Gabe's car and driving away and leaving his ass, stranding the father, the good father, up in the Savior's compound as it's just raining down hellfire. Uh, As the group, our group, is uh, shooting out the windows and just tearing the place up and, like, letting the walkers flood the place. And... And Gabe takes shelter in a mobile mini or whatever it is, work trailer. And guess who's in there with him? Negan. Yeah. Who's like, get your shitting pants on. You're going to shit your pants. And um, I don't know if that big crane shot as we lift away, if is he in there beating Father Gabriel to death? Or is he, you know, going to use him as a pawn? It's one of those things where, as you say... Your point is, he's in there with a, you know, Father Gabriel's got a fucking gun. He's got a gun. Negan's got a baseball bat. I mean, there, there, there's something about, I don't know why. I mean, even last season, Carl had a, an opportunity to shoot Negan. I mean, yeah, and he didn't. Right. And I see, just and don't I, understand Well, that. I understand the purpose. I understand that this show, we have a hard time because we're watching Mr. Robot and we're watching Game of Thrones and we watch Better Call Saul. And, and I always have to remind myself that this show is not, any of those shows, that they need not be like any other show. It's its own bandwidth. It's its own channel. It's its own, you know, little slice of its own thing. And, again, it's clearly following the comic books. I think what I get really frustrated with is when you're jumping off the page and you're going to TV, and I'm sure I've said this several times when we're talking about Walking Dead, I'd like to see them, you know, do a little bit of a flip on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I really would appreciate that. I think we all would appreciate that doesn't make me hate the show, but on any other show, you know, here I am comparing, 
although Rick does count, he starts to count at ten, and he shoots yeah. on seven. He's like, you're going to make me count. Right. Okay, here goes. Ten, nine, and... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that was cool, but it would have been great if he just winged Negan. I mean, there's... All of those guys are shooting, I guess, above them. But no one could get a clear shot on Negan. But we know ultimately that Negan is probably going to be spared through a lot of this. He's our baddie for the season until we end up meeting whatever is coming next. And, and I think we're going to ride out at least half of the season with him as our bad guy before he's killed, imprisoned, run off, whatever they're going to do. So it's just it's frustrating that, again, I've always said, you know, if you can zag from Game of Thrones books and do your own thing. It would just be cool if we would have just a little bit of that, just a little bit of an aha, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's but, like... But, you know, they, it's their show and they know what yeah. they're doing and, and it's still a really fun show to watch. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a really fun show to watch. I mean, we're still here. We're so, still talking about it. We're still talking about it. So we have stunning visuals. Uh, I think... Oh, there's little little Easter eggs like Carol's sitting on the bridge with Tara, and there's a flower painted on the side of the bridge. Does that go back to that Cherokee rose? It could be. Look at the flowers. Or look at the flowers. Yeah. You know, I think it also. I mean, I think I think that's actually what it means. But it also gave me a little bit of a kind of a feeling about Sophia that they were on the road when her daughter wandered away when the rock walker herd came through. So it had kind of a twofold meaning for me. Um. What else did I notice? Uh, Rick snaps that uh, Polaroid of Negan, um, who's pinned behind the metal barrier. And you know how, like, the the saviors take a picture of people whose heads they've bashed in and their trophy room. That's kind of their trophies. But it's just typical Rick. It's, like, premature. Take a picture of the dude when he's dead. Or maybe it's for some strategic, clever reason later on, but I thought that was kind of interesting that he snaps this Polaroid. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's like, you know, he's shooting at the thing, and then Father Gabriel's like, "Look, we got to stick to plan. It's, it's it's not about you." And it's going back to an, an earlier conversation they said had with, you know, it's not about just one person. It's not about Rick versus yeah. Negan. Yeah, and and Rick finally got off of his, you know, one single focused, you know, reckless rage fest. Um, so they can all work together to the degree that they are forced to abandon Gabriel. Yeah. You know? He's, he doesn't make it to the rendezvous point. Right. So they have to kind of make off without him. We know that Kirkman is going to keep writing the comics. He's just going to do it. And his plan is to have this show go on forever. And I think there's... I don't hate that idea, and I think one of the reasons why this show is so popular is the culture around it. The show is as much about how it's made and the camaraderie and the closeness between the actors and the relationship that the show has with its fans as the the show itself. I mean, how many shows... Do we know this many executive producers who get a shout-out on the dais? You know, Denise Huth gets applause. You know, uh, yeah. Ann Hurd 
gets applause. You know, everybody knows Gimple. Like, these people are, are embedded in the show. And I think that's, if you took all of that away and you were just taking the show on face value, I don't know if it would be as rich, but the fans seem to make the show and their presence. You know what I'm saying? Their, their, their presence and their connection to the show is what makes it so special. And the fact that we know how hard it is to shoot the show and all that goes into it. And it's just this huge labor of love and we can feel all that connection. What always just, it doesn't annoy me. It doesn't piss me off. Some sort of negative word for, that doesn't always translate to the screen um, for me. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Like you said, we're watching a lot of these other shows where you're forced to to think about it and understand what what the meaning is, or 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 or, or what some sort of value. Mm-hmm. And it just it doesn't it doesn't. Um, there's something lacking in that on this show because I, I or it's us or it's me thinking this and wanting it to be something that it's wanting, not. I mean, I don't want it to be an you know an onion show where there's just layers upon layers upon layers. I don't think the show was ever intended to be that. Yeah, and I think it just like I said, it is what it is. What it is, it's this is what it does. I just think sometimes in the execution, it's like Rick is going to monologue. Rick is going to pull some foolhardy stunt um, and we don't get enough screen time with other characters that could fill some of this out it doesn't have to be a mystery it doesn't have to be a procedural for God's sakes that's not even my cup of tea but I feel like we miss out on spending time with certain other characters that are right there with us you know we have moments between the characters and these moments are, are lovely, and it, it really feels satisfying when we have our moments. But sometimes I really wish the show would go into so just like we talked, spend time with Daryl, spend more time with you know Carol. We give Morgan a ninety-minute episode. I've Ex- complained about this before, exactly. And we don't really get to spend time with our characters in a way that I think would be rewarding. For the show, yeah. the show doesn't need my help. It's doing quite well. It's killing in the ratings. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I basically could go fuck myself, and I get it. So I'm not going to stop watching it. I just feel when you're coming off of these other things we watch, I have to go. Okay, this is Walking Dead. We're season eight. They've been around for a lot longer than some of these other shows. Um, you know, Walking Dead. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones is filming season eight right now so it's sort of been on course you know robots in season three so and then they do you know they do surprise you every once in a while like that look at the flowers episode where you were just see i mean i mean that that episode i mean just i mean the grove the grove it was just you know that's what i'm saying it's a gut punch and you're and you're sitting there going oh that's it that's it. And again, I gotta stop saying Game of Thrones and, and Robot. Like that's the only shows I watch. But I, I'm, I'm not trying to. Let me steer away from that and go exactly to what you said. Once they presented the Grove, you see what the show is capable of. Yeah. Or when Carl goes off on his, 
you know, teenage wasteland dads, you know, knocked out with a fever on his pudding spree. That was a wonderful episode. Yeah, him, him and Michonne and, and the way they... Their rapport. Yeah. I mean, I loved, uh, obviously, a favorite of mine was the, the Beth and Daryl um, episodes. And I know, I know we're, we're in a different place right now, and we're in war, and we have to get a lot of this stuff done. So now I'm like, okay, great. Don't give Rick a clear bead on Negan. Or have him miss. Or have him hit in some way and wound him. You know, and there'd be a surprise element. Um, because they're not storyboard by storyboard from the comics. You can still honor the comics and still do something that's, I don't know. It sounds like I'm shitting on the show. I don't mean that, guys. I love every one of these actors. Um, seeing all their faces on the dais and all the surprises. Michael Rooker came out. It's always good to see him. Stephen Yun, um, you know, f- sent in something. Um, um, her name is blowing me away right now. Lori also uh, taped something and sent it in. There's this huge just love affair with this show. And I get it. Yeah, I totally, I totally get it. I, I totally get it. And, and, and I've know. loved it for so long. Yeah. And I'm not a Fairweather fan. I'm really not. I just feel like my love is just a little bit more like... You know how, like, you fall in love with something and it's all feverish and, and you can't sleep and it's just like, you know, being, falling in love has that feeling? This is more like, we married, <laughs> you know? Okay. All right, he chews with his mouth open. That's going to happen again. I'm not talking about marriage to you. My marriage to you is perfect. You and I are good. Just saying. All right, I won't go packing my bag. <laughs> Hit stop on the recorder and These are like really terrible analogies because I've tried to I don't I don't want to shit on Walking Dead. Yeah, we've been we've been pretty harsh in the past too. We have. We've been assholes about Walking yeah. Dead. And really wanting it to be uh something that it's not. But see, isn't that just another level of fandom where we we want it to be I guess. You know, the potential. But there's that, and then there's the people who just, they tune in to hate, and they get online to hate. They park themselves in the middle of, like, a show that they love or a fandom and then just perpetually, perpetually shit on it. If you're feeling that bad about it, there are bazillions of shows. Go watch something else. So I don't want to, like, park myself in the middle of the Walking Dead fandom and be like, well, it could be, blah, blah, blah. So I promise yeah. I won't do that. There were we so won't do many that. that we won't do that. I promise you guys. We won't do that. Just wanted to get that once again off my chest about the show and go, wow, this show has come along. I don't know if I said this already. I feel like I did it. Maybe I didn't. There was this cool homage to the first walker. Well, not the first walker that Rick ever sees is Bicycle Girl, the woman in the grass. Yeah. Um, but he's at the gas station. And he's still got his uniform on, and he's thinking this will blow over. This is just really bad in this part of Georgia. And he sees the little girl. The little girl. He's like, come here, little girl. And we have. Um, Are you lost? Are you okay? Exactly. Yeah. And we have a callback to that in this gas station scene after um, Carl clears out, after uh, Rick is scared off the dude. And he sees an older woman in a nightgown kind of walking along, and you think, yeah, this is. There's a, there was cool little 
shout outs to things um, in this episode that I like. You know, the RV and the flower and that and um, Daryl getting it, you know, badass right this time on the motorcycle, you know, or he got, you know, he rode his motorcycle fine last time, but this time, you know, it's like really cool with him shooting yeah. the, the big ass Look weapon. At, yeah, turning back and, and shooting all the, the cash piles of, of explosives. And then that one scene where he's, the walker is right next to that explosive and he's got to sort of pass it, that was get great. around. And then that was great. That was visually, that was cool. It was the Kerblooey. Just really satisfying. So where is it going to go? Um, you know, I don't want to also, another thing I've got to stop doing is what's coming in the comics. Some people haven't read the comics. Some people don't care about the comics. There's a lot of spoilers there. So you want to stay away from them. Yeah, um, I, I have, I've never read yeah, comics. you've never read them. So when I tell you, oh, this is going to happen. Okay. You know, the show may completely scare us. Also... I mean, uh, surprise us. Big ass jet. It's probably Greg Nicotero right now flying over the house, giving us a bird. You know, probably. They all were here last night in L.A. Fuck you guys. I, I, I do think that uh, and Haggis is excited about it as well. Our, our dog is also, because the house is so damn hot, we can't even. None of us can go in our house. It's like dark outside and hot as balls in there. It's probably, what, 92 in the house? What what doesn't help is saying, you know, I keep saying the whispers are coming and Negan's going to be jailed. The show may not do any of those things, and I hope that those things are in store. So I promise when we're doing The Walking Dead, I won't try to find ways to uh, talk about the things I don't like. Well, I mean... Because what's the point? Yeah, but even like even in this one, as... As that, you know, that flat, those flash That's forward. That's Scott Gimple's plane flying over now just to go, fuck you guys. Oh, he, he's not in the jet. He's in a, a he's little. He's in a smaller he's plane. He's a little prop plane. He's a more, he's a more, um, you know, he's a humble man. It's, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that flash forward scene, it just, it. it yeah, let's it, talk about that scene. It's like, it's very, it, it seems to me that it's like. It's like towards the end of this story, as if like we're getting to the a final conclusion. So right. it's like I don't. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, that's not. Again, I just said I wouldn't do it. That's not what happens in the comics. They, they keep on. They keep going on. Oh, even after the flat. So they. Yeah. They fast, and then it just keeps going. Yeah. So there's more, more right. um, villains. Because more... the way that Kirkman designed this world. Is um, that's Galen Heard now flying over our house? The whole fucking executive producing branch is flying over the house, going "fuck you guys." They're 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 too cool to just get on. They're not going to drive to our house. Charter, a charter jet. They're not going to look up our emails. They're not going to listen to the podcast. They're just going to fly over the house and just buzz the podcast they're gonna, they're gonna and go cir- fuck you. They're going to circle, bust our audio. <laughs> fuck you. I th- what fly lower <laughs> fly lower so they can see the whites of our eyes Kirkman has said you know he's designed this to go on and on and he's exploring um, how you remake civilization you know obviously that's the point of fear of the walking dead we're in another part of the United States we're in Mexico and we're exploring how those people are getting on so you know we know this crisis is at least United States wide um, and down in Mexico, South America. So 
will he take this show to other climbs or will he just stay right where he is in this sort of part of Georgia and, and talk about who we become? You know, what are we then facing? You know, is there a cure coming? I don't think they're ever going to find a cure. But then what does the story become? I mean, that's a huge challenge for him. And if they can maintain that and keep exploring that, I think it'll be a groundbreaking. It's already been a groundbreaking show because I don't think we've ever explored a zombie apocalypse this thoroughly. You know, certainly there's been no television, sh- television series that's been exactly like this, where we're just, you know, we, and we see visually that things are rotting, that you're seeing the cars of age, the streets of age, the, the walkers are, are even more, you know, they're skeletal. So we're seeing this decay, and at one point, what happened? You know, the only walkers in the world are going to be the, the freshly dead. So what does the future hold? And is that a vision that Rick has? And if, if Rick is having a vision of himself in the future, why would he make himself um, limp <laughs> and have a silver flat top? So I, I don't know exactly what we're seeing there. But the look on Rick's face, the, the, the version of Rick that is all pink-eyed and crying... I feel like that's going to be one of your big losses this season. And let's talk about that. Yeah. It Who's was, on your death poll list? Ooh, well, I sort of thought just from this episode, you know, we'd lose either Morgan, Father Gabriel, um, I think, I mean, that's the only, because I don't see them getting a, uh, getting rid of Carol. Uh, see, I'm the opposite. I think it's going to be a major cast death. I think it's going to be, well, if you're going to go by, like, filling the pulse and listening to the rumor mill for a second, Chandler has literally gone up in the show. I'm only going to use literally that one time, because last podcast, I think I used literally 20,000 times. He's grown up on the show and he's in college, and will he want to keep doing this? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, would it be Carl? Would it be Judith? Uh, it's going to have to be something that just rocks Rick's world. Not to say that he wouldn't cry that hard over a Father Gabriel or a Morgan. I mean, those guys are important to him. Or but- it, could be, it could be like this is the end of, the, uh, of this really big battle, and... Those are just tears. Of, Those are just tears of release. But the stained glass window does kind of hearken us to tones of religion and Father Gabriel. Um, but I don't think there's just going to be one death. I mean, this show doubled down and took out Abraham and Glenn in one fell swoop. That Pardon is the true. Pun. Many swoops. So I. The crack of the bat. I think it's going to be someone. They're going to get into the gunmetal. I mean, it could it could easily be Daryl. It could be Carol. I'll know probably a few episodes more in, like, how I'm feeling. But I'm feeling it's going to be somebody that's just going to shock us. Well, and you also have to look at... Because, you know, again, going back to the comic books, a lot of these characters... Like, Andrea's still around... She's his partner, and Carol's been long dead in the book. So they've always said, like Game of Thrones, you know, no one's really truly safe. 
So I, I, I think we should brace ourselves for one of our core uh, going out. I don't think it's going to be Maggie. I don't think the show would be cruel enough to go, here's Glenn's offspring that's taking its sweet time coming to fruition. Yeah, that's a... Uh... If Judith's not growing, maybe that baby's like, I need some more nutrients, guys, so I can, you know, get bigger. I'm just holding out. Let mom go fight this war, and then I'll start growing. But, yeah, there's going to be these big deaths, and, you know, who would we feel the biggest loss over? If I'm writing this show, you know, who, what's going to be like, holy fuck? Carol. Yeah. And, and that... Daryl. Daryl would be... Daryl would be crazy. It would be crazy. Oh, um, another expendable is uh, Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah. I can see them doing you something know. like that. Although I love that guy. I love all these characters. I yeah. love Carrie Payton. He's a wonderful Ezekiel. So you don't really, you don't really want to lose anybody, but the show, it's what it does. It's its whole thing. So we're going to have to... We're going to have to sack up because, uh, you know, Gimple's been promising. He said, you know, it's, you're going to be rocked by this season. So I, I'm feeling like it's one of our bedrocks. You know, go down that line. It's Carol, it's Daryl, it's Carl. You know, Ezekiel would, would sting and would hurt because he's such a vivacious character. You don't want to see that light go out, you know. And, like, Carol also needs a... She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need nobody. But it'd be nice to see her, like, finally, you know, snap off a little swirl. Get a little, you know, Shiva Daddy action. So I don't know. But I do think we should brace ourselves for um, what's coming, uh, in a way. I mean, there's part of me that is very excited, like, the fan I was, you know, five seasons ago. Or, or you know, at the beginning, and then part of me is just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I know I'm not, I'm not gonna be surprised. No, it's you know, and even even this this opening, this opening um, episode for an opening episode. Still, kind of drug it, drug its feet, drug dragged. You know, it was still kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the only yeah. way I can say. It. But I, I, again, not shitting on it. Again, I just thought it was going to be a lot. I thought it was going to because they said we're going to hit the ground running, and I, I felt you know we were sort of maybe skipping along. We weren't at a full charge. Right. We're at a we're at a Rick lope. Yeah. We're loping. Because we know what a full press forward is like. Right. Like last season of Game of Thrones, every single episode. See, and here we go back to it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's what's setting up the expectation is when you're watching those kinds of shows. And that's why I have to train myself to go, okay, this is not what this show does. This show is, it's, it paces itself differently. It totally does a different thing. This is not... This is a giraffe. It is not, a, you know, a cheetah. It's not any other animal. It's its own beast. And I can't imagine just skipping the show. I can't imagine just saying, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, that's... They're still going to watch it. 
And I think it's one of those shows, if we weren't doing the podcast and covering uh, Walking Dead, I'd probably clock, let a lot of episodes go by, rack up like six, and then sit down and then have a very satisfying watch. So when you take it in week to week, you have to kind of set your mind up for that, too, to be like, okay, you can't run too far ahead. You have to take that episode for what it is and and take in you know, what we're seeing on screen and, and how we're feeling about that episode. And this episode, on a lot of levels, was very satisfying to see action, to see everybody coming together. We're not standing around having conversations about, are we going to do it? We're not sitting in kitchens or standing in food pantries. We're not handing over things to Negan, and we're not yeah. watching him you know, torture people. Like he's, he's certainly, they ruined Negan's day. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to see that every, everybody on these three, in, the, in, in um, Alexandria, Hilltop, and um, the Kingdom, it's nice to see everyone on the same page, no dissent. Right. We're not quibbing with each other, even like when... Um, you know, the, uh, Xander's character, Gregory, um, Gregory is up on, on that balcony and is saying, you know, the hilltop stands with the saviors and all this. And then Jesus is like, the hilltop stands with Maggie. Yeah. And no, nobody leaves. Right. It's not like, oh, uh, yeah, oh, do you know what? I got to, maybe I got to go check the stove. Also, by the way, the, I think the kingdom is a much better place to hang out. Alexandria's got nice little houses, so fuck the hilltop. The hilltop's what? It's like that one building it's and a bunch of like and, and some shitty trailers and some tents. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, you can have the hilltop, Gregory. Some tomatoes and strawberries. You can go over there and sit over there in your soup by yourself. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's really a bullshit thread because, you know, they are, the hilltop people are like, meh, well, good. Jesus, how come, is, how come like, Jesus is like, hey, I got a pair of socks and a you know book, whatever yeah. he said. You know, I don't, I ain't got nothing. You know, I don't really have much, so take it. Fuck you. You know, so it's interesting how this is going to go down. And I think when we get those four first episodes under our belts, then you'll be able to see the bigger picture of what they have orchestrated and how it goes down, and it becomes you know exponentially more satisfying. Um, to where our story has taken us and, do you, and where we are. Do you know, uh, have you, have you um, learned on, on how many episodes are going to do? You know, um, I probably should, I could look it up. Um, talk because about then, that, that will give us, you know, a sort of a gauge on... Traditionally on this show, I know, haven't they done as many as like... Twenty in a season? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably confusing it with other shows. I think it's been like twelve around that area. That area, but because then again, it'll give us, like I said, give us a, a gauge of how much more we can expect before th- they end. Well, that I think season. we're going to have sixteen episodes. Sixteen, and what they have done is they air the first block and then they have the mid-season finale and then we come back. Yeah, take a little time off. I'm sure they're still going to do the same thing. So I I would imagine that we'll we'll probably be doing that again. Because if you, if they can can dismantle, from what we are seeing, 
you know, the whole Savior's compound. And again, it's not just those lieutenants and those guards. There's a whole bunch of people there yeah. that have no weapons. Right. They're not fighters. Right. They're just subsistence people who, the, you know, the, the, the crops and this and that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like... Okay. And we'll probably be much happier not having to kneel... Yeah. Every time they can walk Everything past, is shared. Nothing, giving up yeah. their wives, and, you know. And if you have, if you have, again, if you have, like, an inside man in in Dwight. How many other people feel this way? Exactly. How, why isn't there, like, this, this bubbling of revolution within that, yeah. you know, and, and, and attacking it from that way? Oh. I mean, if I'm if I'm one of the saviors on the inside and I've been putting up with this guy all this long, I'd be like, good, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what you got going on over there? Cool, let's go. I know who's uh, who's really fucked is Eugene. Yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> Eugene is like, oh, shit. I didn't he, think you guys were going to do this. When he came and he was going to say something and Rick was like, I know who you are. Oh, yeah. And, there, <laughs> and that was a... That was the first time I saw, you know, I couldn't tell if it was like Rick going, you're a snake, man. Oh, no. Yeah. There's definitely, was, he's got, he's going to deal with him accordingly. And Haggis agrees. Haggis is, uh, he's agreeing with us on this. So, yeah, Eugene's fucked. Gregory's fucked. Especially when, where, I don't know where Gregory thinks he's going to go, but when his word gets out that he's, you know, Betrayed people. He's the only. He's the only one who's going to fulfill his words and not be welcome again. There is, a, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The reverse of your threat yeah. is you're going to roll back to Hilltop, and I think that's you know where he's going to meet his his end, because there's no way this guy can even survive 15 minutes by himself. And I don't, so he has nowhere to go. Exactly, and I don't understand that tactic of saying, "Look who we have here." Um, yeah, you're threatening us with what? Yeah, it's like. Like, nobody left. Shittiest leader ever. Look you know? at him. He has no... He literally has no sway over anything. And I don't know. The saviors are not stupid. Negan is not a stupid man. Surely he knows that Gregory has no power over these yeah, people. it's... Because they're here. It's an empty threat. And they're armed to the teeth. Yeah. So we see... We're going to see those come up, and so we're going to see that, you know, thing play out. Uh, we still have to deal with the heapsters, because they betrayed... The Alexandrians, so the heapsters are getting their, going to get their, um, how many just short yeah. words can we use to go, you dead, you go down, down, down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was another thing, that they, they didn't, um, they didn't have that group in this first episode, and that was a threat of Nikan. He's like, you you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. I know what's going to happen. And it sounded as if, like, you know, there was going to be a counterattack. Right. And we, we get a little taste of this because you have Ezekiel and Carol, that contingent, and Jerry and those guys um, making their way out uh, and away from the Savior's compound. And then there's that explosion that releases all of those um, those walkers. So, With the, the tripwire that they set up? Um, no, or, it's something I feel like that the Savior set up. They'll come spilling out of this this store, and they're all on the ground, and the smoke is there, and there's like a smoke bomb. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. right. So that would be, the Saviors have been at this for a, a chunk of years, 
and they've set this thing up to be a fortress, and it's been hard to find. And until like our guys were taken captive, and and Carl rode in on a recon mission with with Jesus, were they able to locate this place? Surely to goodness, and and most definitely the saviors have a contingency for this thing. I mean, they, they know Rick is coming for them. He know they know this is something is going to happen. So yeah, and they all know Rick. Even like that one guy he killed, he's like. What are you doing, Rick? Mm-hmm. Right before he, the, the guy in the, the... You're not going to win this. You're going gonna to be kneeling again. Right. You know, you were begging last time I yeah, saw you. Yeah, And then, you know, sucks to be you. Got eaten by a walker. Uh, um, chained to the tree guy was like, let me, let me have a snack. Um, so certainly there's going to be a big pushback. Certainly there is going to be all of these little hidden booby traps and things along the way. Because the saviors are not just going to let them roll right up to their doors. And the heapsters will be employed in part of that. And again, you know, Negan threatens Ricky. Said, "You don't have the numbers for this. Yeah, you don't, don't have, have the, numbers. the numbers." And it 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 was like, "I've got something else up my sleeve." Right. You have no idea what's about to happen to you. And then when they sort of took down that stronghold, I was like, "Okay." Well, they're shooting at the windows for a reason. Um, they're they're weakening the compound. You know, this is our wall falling in a way. Yeah. And they take, but, they, they take the RV and they turn it into a battering ram bomb. Exactly. It was a battering that ram. That was cool. War machine. War Again, machine. Shout out to Dale. Um, so it's going to be bloody. It's going to be long. How many people are going to fall in this initial battle? Or will it be a quiet moment after the battle is over and someone just gets it in the throat? I don't know. And I think it is going to be an exciting season. I I am very excited about what they're going to do on the show. I really, truly am. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I am too. Yeah. You know, I think that once we get the, 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 the three, four under our belt, see where we're going. It's so hard to... And I've done it, I've done it in this podcast, and I shouldn't, but... But you're going to. But I try not to... I really try not to watch... The, the season premiere of a show and say, this is it, you know, or, and, or pontificate that the season's going to be this. You have to let things play out. That's a beautiful thing about television series where they're putting this kind of thought and care and money into it. They're certainly not, you know, doing this on a shoestring budget. So waiting for things to play out, waiting for um, the story to unfold, we have to be patient and see what it is. And then, like, in the season finale, you can sit back and go, "What kind of season was that, and how do we feel about it?" It'll be it'll be very interesting as the progression goes. Yeah, to see where this is going to head and lead us to. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, me too. And then you know what's happening in our characters' minds? Will will they give us those moments we're talking about? Will they have these moments where we get not just inside more of you know Rick's head, but more inside of. What's going on with these factions? And the introduction, I mean, because if we have all this time, it stands to reason that they're going to introduce another group. Or some kind of baddie. Yeah, or or something. Some kind of threat. I mean, it's always out there. Because, you know, this show has ditched the walkers a long time ago. They're they're used as a tool. They're a backdrop. Um that we don't see them as a threat that first two or three seasons it was like walker threat you know they yeah. they came and overtook the farm you know Herschel's farm and the farm fell the prison had to be reinforced um 
they're finally evolving into a way where they're exactly. using the threat as a, a weapon. Exactly. And that was really cool to see. Yeah. Didn't understand why they couldn't do it earlier, but... Well, I mean, practice makes perfect. I guess so. I mean, they're learning. I mean, like, wh- I mean, again, we always joke, you know, I think I'll be a Daryl Dix in the apocalypse. I'd probably die the first day, first hour. Do you know who one of my favorite characters in this, this first episode was? Who? Tara. Yeah. She's just there with her cool, funky, orange glasses and her Twizzlers, and she's counting off, okay, you know, they're supposed to be here, this is what's going to happen. And I was like, yeah. it was cool to see that. There's, I really appreciate where they've taken um, Tara. Alana Masterson plays her very well. I love that she's, she seems to be a playful person in general, so I like Was I she like at, her the, addition. at the after show? She was, and she, she was? was great. You know, she's just sassy and fun and uh she's a new mom so congrats to her so is um rosita she's a new mom so it's cool to see you know babies are being born while this show is going on danae went off and did um denine went off and did uh, black panther um people are off you know doing amazing things and you're you're you feel like you you know them in a way, so you're like, oh, this is really cool that these things are happening, and uh, Norman's son just turned 18, for fuck's sake. So there's all these kind of cool things around the show. Like I said, I think the show, you can't just take it in just as a TV show for me. I think the culture surrounding it, the fans' excitement and enthusiasm and participation, I mean, like, just them at Comic-Con is, is, is a huge highlight it's for me. nuts. And how these guys engage their fans yeah. and how they're not snots about it. Yeah. Um, and they understand what the show means. And they understand uh, how people take it in. So, yeah, that's that's what makes me enjoy the show is the fans and the way they love it. And I love Chris Hardwick's, you know, piece in it, too. I like that he's a staple. Uh, I like... I really enjoyed this um, Talking Dead that they did at the Greek. It was It was lots of fun. Two hours of just hilarity. Do you, and, and, the, and the fans, you know, being the 6,000 fans getting to sit there and take this in with the show. Do you th- do you know if he's ever been invited to set? Just to, I don't know. I don't think he's ever made his way out there. Huh. I've never, I mean, if it ever happened. If he even had the bandwidth to do that. He's offered himself up to be a zombie, and really? I think it's high time. <laughs> and, you know, Chris has got, like, thousands of shows pretty much all the yeah. time, so... Maybe if there's a break in the action, him and Lydia can go and be um, walkers on the show. Well, another that good would be fun. another good gauge as far as as death pool and predictions go. Chris Hardwick is going to die in season eight. Yeah. Just on Talking Dead, he's going to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally suck, especially for Chris. Is seeing okay? Actors are now um, getting other roles and other things. Mm-hmm. And the ban- their bandwidth of being able to do this, so that uh, I think that can also play a part into sure who's going to not like survive. with Sonequa, you know, like it, you can be the lead on Star Trek and and play, you know, the captain, or you can stay on the show that you love and you know so well as B Team. You know, certainly you're gonna you're gonna take those opportunities. Take the opportunity, yeah. And we we I think everybody understands that. I don't. You know, Andy obviously is nailed down for the for the long haul. The duration of it, yeah. Um, and if they, you know, Norman seems to love where he is. Melissa, 
I don't know if she'd go back to casting after this. Uh, she seems to be content, you know, with being on this show and, and being doesn't she Melissa. Live? She, lives. she lives in Georgia, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, she permanently lives in Georgia. Uh, whereas I think the most of those guys have, like, their places out here. I'm not really quite sure where everybody lives. Um, so it's, yeah. This thing has been a cultural phenomenon. And that's what's been exciting uh, for me. Yeah, I really... And it need not be I, an Emmy-winning, Emmy-busting yeah. show. Although, again, Melissa McBride in the Grove. Guys, you blew it. Yeah. Uh, visual effects... I think they get nominated as as well they should. But the show, like, I I guess that's probably what my thing is, is I would love to see the material open up in a way for these actors to get to show those chops because these people are no slouches. These are are actors. These are highly trained actors who could tear the the balls off of a juicy scene. Sorry for the viscerals, but, um, you know, it was very Negan-esque of me. So Hope you know. got your shitting pants on. You got your shitting pants on. Because you're going to shit again, your pants. We have to look at the fact that this was drawn out of a graphic novel. And do you really, do you want to start going all like interiors with it? Do you really want to start going all like, uh, uh, do you really want to start going all deep, deep, deep space nine on it? Like, you know, like, do you want to be there? Not deep space nine, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You don't need to all of a sudden be. Shakespearean, so like I said, I have to just knuckle down and go, okay, my brain's in Walking Dead world and it's going to be bomb literally six times or eight times or 20 times. This is the only show that's on right now. Oh, there's a million shows well, on no, right now. Well, as, no, as our, you know, our sort of favorites. Well, we got um, Mr. Robot, we got this. Oh, yeah, that's right, Mr. Robot. <laughs> We've already forgotten. Oh. This Wednesday, guys. Episode three. Uh, there's a lot of shows out there, but, I mean, we don't really have the time. You're busy at doing your uh, real job, and I'm over doing my real job. So this is this is our fun time to sit and, like, talk about podcasts. Like I said, we're not, like, we're not a recap show. We're not an Easter egg show. We talk about all the little fun stuff. Well, I guess we do Easter eggs, but we're not here to, like, to explain the show to you. I guess it's just it's just our thoughts on things. By the way, thank you guys for listening to uh, our podcast numbers have been... Uh, really huge. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, it's so great to see the participation. We can also see like where you guys are listening from. And uh, shout out to Brazil, Italy, Ireland, England. Thank you guys for listening. Um, even if you're making fun of us in your heads. <laughs> so we're going to see. Uh, next episode is coming up, The Damned. Uh, that'll be next Sunday. And we will try to get these podcasts out as soon as possible because it's always fun to to be there in the pocket and talking about it, first reaction. Let us know what you guys think. Um, be kind. It's not that we're wilting wallflowers, but we don't need any more negativity in the world right now. Any other things that are going on? Any other recommendations that you have? Um... World Series. World Series, yeah. Our Dodgers are in the World Series. Yeah. If you're not a Dodgers fan, don't hate us. My husband's a native, but they're up against uh, Houston starting Tuesday, so that's going to be exciting. We locked into that. We won't do a podcast on that because no. I literally do not understand sports ball. I, I, I look at you and listen to the crowd uh, yell, and I go, a good thing has happened in the sports ball. 
that I, I understand the home run. I understand a lot of things about baseball. I understand about 80% of it, and then the rest of it is like, I don't know what's happening, why that's a thing. So, um, you guys have a good week. I uh, hope it cools down for the people it's boiling. I hope uh, our brothers and sisters out there in the world who um, have been uh, in fires and floods and hurricanes in uh, Houston and Florida and Puerto Rico and uh, the fires in California just I'm just we just you're in my thoughts uh, I can't do a whole lot about it but thinking about you guys and uh, hopefully people can bounce back and hopefully they get the help that they need let's really hope that all right I have uh, sweaty armpits I'm gonna go put some ice cubes under my armpits it still hasn't cooled down and it's dark here you guys uh, have a lovely week, right? Yeah, catch a robot on Wednesday. Catch robot on Wednesday. Our podcast will be going up pretty maybe next day, right? Yeah. All right, guys. I love you. Peace.